This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 193. Hey guys, before we get into this uh, interview podcast, I just wanted to say hello, wish you all a great week. I'd like to encourage you to look me up on social media, my Instagram and my Facebook, even TikTok if you can find me there. Um, Also, if you could go to my YouTube channel and just subscribe, that would be great. Um, Some of the videos that I've made um, on these interviews are there. So just wanted to encourage you to do that. If you want free coaching, go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. So I'm going to get into this podcast quickly. I just wish you a beautiful week. And if you need anything, reach out. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. Her name is Maggie Perotin. Did I say that right, Maggie? Yes. yes. And she is an international business and leadership coach. And we are going to talk about all fun things. So welcome to the podcast, Maggie. I'm really happy to have you here. Thank you, Julie, for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. So I love hearing about people's background and how they got to where they are in life. So would you mind like starting somewhere wherever you feel comfortable and telling me your story? Sure. Sure. Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Whatever you want to share. You don't have to get into the gory details if you don't want to, but (laughs) just tell us, um, all of us listening a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, I live in Canada in greater Toronto area, as we call it here in the suburbs of Toronto. I'm a mom in a blended family. We have four kids, two of my stepboys. They are already like 16, 15. They live with their mom, so they're very close to us. And then we have two kids together with my husband. We have a girl that's 10 and boy, that's eight tomorrow. Awesome. It's recording. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) He's very excited. Yeah, I bet. And um, so I'm an immigrant to Canada. I'm actually originally Polish. I immigrated in 2005. I'm probably like a last generation of Polish people that still remember how it is to be born and live under communist regime. Mm-hmm. I was 11 when it collapsed and kind of things started shifting. Um, I immigrated to Canada really for a better life in a nutshell. You know, when I finished university in Poland, there was... Poland was going through reforms to get the economy to more of a developed country. And through that, there was huge unemployment, like a 20%, 25%, I think. I, you know, I graduated with a master's degree in a big city. So I had a job, but I was making like $300 a month. And that wasn't a lot even then in Poland. And I was thinking like, you know, I have all those dreams and all those things. How am I ever going to get there? So, you know, through a friend, I found out about an immigration um, program that Canada has. I applied for the permanent residency and thought, why not? You know, when you're 27, nothing really holds you back in terms of maybe commitments. And so, of course, family and friends, that's a big thing. But, you know, I'm an adventurous person. I'm a Sagittarius. I like to be free. (laughs) So I thought... Why not? And the trip, actually moving to Canada was my first ever plane trip. So I've never been to North America wow. before. I've never visited nothing. And you, were, and just, you were moving there. So I was moving. Like you were just leaving your old life and getting a new life. That's right. That's all right. alone? Like you just did it all? I, I had a partner at a time. So okay. with him. Okay. So with him, we, we moved okay. together and we kind of had like a little bit of uh, help from his family. So he had a couple of pounds living in Toronto and they were very happy to kind of acquire us and help us out you know in the beginning which was very very helpful because when I think of immigrants who come to the countries where they don't know anybody they don't know language and so on I can only imagine how how tough it is it's tough as it is right and then if you have those additional challenges it's can be really challenging anyhow so as I came I came across um, industry facility management industry. I spoke already English and French and in Canada, that's helpful when you're bilingual. Um, So I got in a role like 
like a service agent that takes calls from, you know, <laughs> building occupants that have issues with their lights, with toilets overflowing, with whatever might be happening. Um, and that was, you know what, it was a great first position when I think back at it, because it forced me to speak English all day long. It right. forced me to use my French, travel, shoot, talk to people and just like build up my confidence. Um, because in the beginning, you know, when you come, you don't know anything. You don't know the stores. You don't know the culture. Everything yeah. is new. Your confidence gets a hit. Mm. So that's sort of with a mentor and then my boss who hired me, it really helped me to boast. So facility management industry, it's a very fast pace, especially in operations industry. And it's interesting because of that, like I personally like to be challenged and like to grow. So it turned out to be a good industry for me to grow. So I grew my corporate career up until really end of last year, starting from an agent and finishing as a director of operations where I had a 30 people team under me and we supported an operations of 450 people departments spread across Canada and a bit in the, in the US, like a service type of department. Um, and I do did many different things. So I had a good career, but at some point, as many people in corporate, I guess I went through a burnt out. And that was about four, over four years ago. And that what got me thinking about, do I really want to keep growing my career in the corporate world? And it's important, like professional growth and being fulfilled is equally important to me or as important as having a good family and great relationships and so on. But that burnt now got me think like, oh, maybe that's not the best route for me because family is equally important and I don't want to compromise it, right? I don't want to compromise my personal life. I thought to myself, there has to be a worry where I can do both. And I don't have to be in a situation where I have to choose or I have to, you know, feel bad about having to choose. So, um, so I want to interrupt you for just a second. Is the burnout that you were experiencing um, because you were working so many hours and you weren't spending time at home because veterinarians deal with burnout. We mm -hmm. call it burnout. And sometimes I like to hear what people, what that means to them. Like, cause I think it's different for everyone mm -hmm. that word burnout. So can yeah. you like stop for a second and, and just explain that to me about yeah. why you felt that way or what it felt like? Yeah. So for me, it was a little bit of both. It was a situational thing. So it wasn't systemic that I was expected or required to work all that. Like it was a situation where the company made some decisions that weren't really the best decisions for the company, but also for our department. And it required us to deliver something we weren't prepared to deliver without additional help where we had our full-time jobs at the time doing, you know, what we were doing day in and day out in a very constrained time frame on top of it. So huge contracts that we had to deliver to the clients and we were just weren't set up. So when you are in that situation and also you care about doing a good job and you're passionate about what you do you try your best to succeed but when right. you see that no matter what you do doesn't help you try to of course add hours to it but you add hours and then on top of it you're failing and you're getting beaten up from all those things and at the same time you're getting tired because you're working all the time and that was weekends like no breaks you know I don't even remember 15, 16 hours days. And then you have a young family yeah, where you're not seeing them. It just yeah. becomes this, I, you know, I didn't get to the point where I was had to be hospitalized or, you know, went into state maybe of depression or some other recourse that sometimes people with burnout do, whether it's alcohol right. or whatever. But I just got very mad. Like I felt caged so again my Sagittarius I hate to be caged <laughs> it's like I freak out and I felt caged where no matter where I turned there was no way out in a way other than quitting right and then leaving the position which right. you know I definitely considered and started sort of doing but you know 
I also thought about starting a business. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's helpful because, you know, if you're in that yeah. situation where you're starting to feel like oh, over demand, overwork, mm -hmm. and, and you're starting to feel a little trapped, realizing that yeah. before it gets to the point of depression yeah. is important. Right. So that's why right. I kind of wanted you to share that, like your thought process about it. Yeah. My thought process, I would, I got really angry, angry at the situation. And, right. and I thought to myself, okay, this is ridiculous. It cannot continue. I have to do something about it. Okay. Right. Because yes, waiting for others to do it, to see it, like it just, it's never serves us. Right. And it wasn't serving at this point. So I had to do something about it. So the things that I did, I actually, signed up so like Facebook right Facebook ads are amazing they just come at the time where you need them <laughs> so I had like a high performance coaching program pop up in my Facebook that's literally what it was and I was like of course the copy was just speaking to me I was like this is me I'm right. gonna sign up and I signed up for that program it was a 12-week program and it taught me things like, you know, setting boundaries and being even more effective, prioritizing, being intentional and so on. So that was one thing that I did that helped me a lot, not only then, but of course has been helping me since, since and more and more, but it also forced me, that situation forced me to think and rethink what do I not do professionally? So in this case, it was, okay, what created that situation well, was first of all certain decisions that were made not by me by the executive team that were mistakes and it's okay the company agreed to that like realized that shortly after and they kind of changed but I didn't have influence over it so the thought about my business was I don't want to be in that position again so the choice between changing the job and going to another company was well okay but I still won't have full control over the decision Right. Right. So right. It doesn't mean if I just change a job that this situation might not happen again. And I didn't want that. So I'm like, okay, I think it's going to be my business because there I can control. I make my own decisions, live the consequences of my decisions. I can, even if I make a mistake, I can stop it faster. You know what I mean? Like, right. right. So that was that um, thought of, <clears throat> okay, I think my choice or my path from now on. I want to be in full control. I want to have more flexibility and I can achieve that through my own business. Right. And then so I took, what are you passionate? Sorry. You became an entrepreneur. That's right. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? You know, what do you have skills at in business? That's where business coaching came out. Right. Right. And I, and I kind of started it on the side because as I said, the company did realize the mistakes that they make, let's just say, and, and made steps to fix them. And through it, new leadership came up and they were like, oh my God, what's going on, Maggie? Can you help us fix it? And I said, fine, but here are my boundaries, right? So that coaching allowed me to go into a new situation and say, okay, fine, I can help, but no more you know, working like this, no more this, I need help, we need to hire people and so on, and they agreed. So I actually yeah. got in a promotion. Wow. That's through great. It. <laughs> yeah. That's a good and, lesson for people to hear because so many times in veterinary medicine, we feel like we're kind of stuck in this job. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of my own clients that'll say, well, I can't say anything because I might lose my job. But on some level, you kind of have to say something and you have yeah. to create boundaries or you will become mm -hmm. to the point where you're, you know, hospitalized or going to have to leave without yeah. a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can, you know, like, of course there might be some companies where, you know, if you say something, there might be consequences, but then my question is, do you really want to work for a company like that? Right. right because right. talking about leadership, like really good leaders, they listen and they take in, then I might not agree with all the, this, all the feedback we give them, but they don't retribute against you when you give a constructive feedback and they actually take it in. And if it's constructive and valid, they will listen and implement, right? right. And that's what right. happened in, in my company. Leaders actually listen because they realize, okay, well, things are not going well. And why is that? 
And then, you know, they send somebody to scope, they realize, oh my God, what's going on? And then they were able to see like, okay, well, if we don't change something, if we don't repair, the department will fall apart. And I will happen to be in a department that was making millions of dollars for the company. Yeah. Yeah. And you need people like we, yeah. what we don't realize is that the companies that we work for, even if it's a small veterinary hospital, they need people to make them run. Yeah. The, the leader good. can't run the whole business by themselves. Exactly. And, and so we need, have to realize that, that we're a piece of that puzzle. Yeah. And they need good people and good people are not easy to find. Like I've been a leader. I've hired many, many people in my careers and finding good people is a challenge. It's Correct. always has been. It's not just now. Now it's like another level of it, but but it, it has been finding people who care, who are engaged, who want to work and look at the, you know, it's like the overall success or for overall success of the team of the business. Not everybody can, not everybody does it. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit about that self-confidence because you had to possess some self-confidence in order to leave your country like that's a big thing to leave one country and go to another and pretty much your life and your family i'm guessing to start over in a new country and then it took a lot of self-confidence to go from working in in corporate probably making good money to being an entrepreneur and i know people in the veterinary industry and a lot of a lot of us struggle with the self confidence and imposter syndrome and things like that mm-hmm. can we talk a little bit about that piece that confidence piece that self confidence yeah yeah i think um the way so i was thinking about it too because like when i look at my life i definitely took some or made some decisions that were scary, even for me, it wasn't like I was like, yeah, let's do this. I'm not scared at all. (laughs) No, no, no. Like you made decisions in fear. Yeah. But you still were able to do it. Yeah. They were scary, but, and, and difficult even to go through, like, you know, leaving a job, as he said, yeah, I had a six figure salary with benefits. And when I left, I actually was probably not probably I would have had another promotion, probably this year if I stayed. So like, I actually had a good career growing, right? Like nobody really wanted to get rid of me or anything like that. Um, So it was a scary decision. A lot of thought through it's like, oh my God, I have family, I have mortgage, you know, there is, um, as I said, we're blended families. A portion of my husband's salary goes toward child support for for my stepboys, right? So we don't have two full salaries just for us, or we never did. Um, And um, So all those thoughts were scary, but when I think about confidence, I think it's something that you can build, that it's like a muscle, right? So the more you exercise this, the more it grows and you can build it in different areas. So for example, like you can be a very confident, like skier because you've learned how to ski and so on, and then you've never skated. So when you go and start skating, you're not going to be as confident per se, because you just don't have a skill yet, right? but you believe you can do it and you start So really confidence starts first with belief that whatever you want to do will be successful, that it's possible for you to do. So having that belief in the possibility and, and that sometimes, you know, our brain doesn't want to do it because our brain usually looks at like probability, right? Of what we've done before and whether that was successful. So when you're trying to do something new, the brain doesn't have reference to it. So it's scared. But if you can get it to the point where I believe that's possible, that's like the first step, right? Then the second step is believing that you are capable of doing it. I believe we're capable of doing anything we want and we're capable of learning anything we need to get there. Even though in the beginning, we might not have the skill or whatever. Right. Like agreed. Yeah. When I came to Canada and I had this opportunity for this job, I've never done that job before. And I've never done that in English on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) And then you had to talk to people on the phone all day in English. Right. In that industry, 
Like I didn't even know it existed because in Europe, especially at that time in Poland, that industry did not exist, like facility management. But based on, you know, what I was told the job was, I thought, yeah, I can do it, right? So then when you believe something is possible and you truly trust yourself that you have capability of learning what you need to learn to do it, that's like the first step to confidence. Right, that allows you to like step in and start, even though you're scared, even though your brain is like, what if it doesn't work? What if this? What if that? Right. But then the next steps to kind of grow it and contain it for me, you need to go in and you need to learn the skills that you might be missing to be successful. Right. So if I'm going into, again, I would just go back to my job. I was okay. I don't know technical facility management language. I was writing whatever I could. I created my own glossary of terms in facility management, translated into Polish. So I know what I was talking about. I was asking questions to, you know, the technicians, the service providers that were servicing, what things meant, what was it so I could learn. I signed up for like a professional, you know, designation. Not necessarily to, with the thought, oh, I'll grow my career there, but like, I need to know more. I need to learn more, right? So curiosity, curiosity about what you want to learn and then taking this action steps to actually try to learn it. That's right. And then implement it, right? Because then you implement it and you do it. So then you feel more confident because you kind of know what you're talking about and it gets better. You get better and better and the results you create, they just reinforce that confidence. And it's kind of like that positive self-reinforcing cycle, right? Yeah. When you learn and implement and you get results, you learn and implement and kind of evaluate, see what's working, what's not. Like, you know, another example I will give you, even like cultural things in Canada, we're very, and I say we, because I consider myself Canadian right now, we are very polite and very, you know, thoughtful about how we say things to people and so on. And Polish people are pretty much very straightforward. And it's just the way we are and as well. And, you know, like nobody have second thoughts about it. So when I started speaking English and Canadian to Canadians, sometimes I saw in the reflection of other people, it's like, hmm, that didn't go well. I think they got offended. You know? <laughs> I was too blunt. So seeing that and having some feedback and kind of learning how to interact in a way where I can put my point across, but don't offend anybody just because, you know, they were learned, they were born in or, or, in a different mindset, in a different way of communication. And um, that also, right? So seeing the feedback and learning from that feedback, like allows you to get better and keep building your confidence. Well, yeah. And, and what I hear you saying is that there's failure mm-hmm. oh, involved yeah. in that learning process. Yeah. And that's okay. Like yes. it, it, for us, it would be, we go into an exam room, we try to communicate with a client. It doesn't go well. And then we can say, okay, well, what did I say or what could I have said differently that that might have gone better? And then learning from that communication. Like, I love that you're saying you struggled at first because then you learned from it instead of getting less self-confidence, you Mm -hmm. used those small failures to build your confidence. And that's a really interesting um, process. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, like, I don't think you can go through life or through business, like even in business, right? Being an entrepreneur, it's all about failure. The more you fail, the faster you succeed, right? Because you say like, there's theory is one thing, but then implementation of the theory is that where you really grow your skill and you master it. And you can't really do it without failing. Like I always say, even to my clients, like think about when you learn riding a bike you could have read like 10 books about riding a bike and know all the theory and yet when you go in the bike you're wobbly and you might fall a couple of times but if you continue knowing that theory having that knowledge that foundation you'll be great like at some point you would just figure it out right and then right. you can move to the next level some mountain biking or whatever you want to do yeah yeah I think just remembering that like all the things that we know today 
are things that we had to learn through failure and trial yes. and error, yes. then not being so afraid of that moving forward. Because I think a lot of times, uh, some of the people that I talk to through coaching, they kind of get almost paralyzed with fear because of the past failures. And I like yeah. what you said about, you know, your brain's going to be scared, but if mm -hmm. you can take action anyway, then you're going to learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So self-confidence, basically what you're saying is you can teach yourself to be more confident and to have yeah. less imposter syndrome, yeah. even, even in spite of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't believe some, the confidence, something you're just born with and either you have it or not. Yes. Maybe like when you're born, there are some kids that are a little bit more outgoing, right? Like when I look at my kids, my daughter is definitely like one of them, but then my son is more subdued and more quiet and shy, but it doesn't prevent him from trying things and, and, and so on. And I'll give you <laughs> example just from last week okay. so um I I went we were at, in Orlando in Florida for Disney nice. and and my kids like they haven't actually been too much on roller coasters especially my son with COVID and they were younger you know like it's not something right. that we would take them to that much so like the first roller coaster he did he cried he was Aww. so scared <laughs> and yet because it was fun at the same time he went over and over and over and by the end of the you know that week he was excited he was, he was an expert anymore. roller coaster rider he was an expert <laughs> roller rider well and so many things in life are like that right like i yeah. i've been ziplining and i'm i'm really afraid of heights but i wanted to do it and so i was like all right well i got to get over this and the more i was able to get on the line and go and then get on the next line and yeah. go by the end, I was like, all right, I got this. Like I could hang yeah. upside down. I could like really have a good time Exactly. where at the beginning I was terrified. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. This rope's going to break and I'm going to fall and you know, whatever exactly. my brain telling me. So yeah. I, and it, I think it's the same pattern. That. Yeah. Our brain goes through the same pattern with whatever. And that's what I tried to remember. And you know, like when I, when I thought about starting my business and leaving corporate job, it was that like. I figured out so many things in my life, I can figure this out, right? Like, I guess for your clients, if you learn how to be a veterinarian, I have no idea, right? How to help animals. Right. Even if you learn that, I think that's like a, it's definitely a pretty complex job, right? It's a complex profession. It's hard. Like there's so many things you have to learn and so on. So if you can do that, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that you might want to be doing that you're not doing that you can figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the veterinary part of it, I think is, is very much a struggle because of the fact that it does change so much, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like every day, even as long as I've been doing it, I've been doing mm -hmm. it a long time. I'm still learning. I have new veterinarians oh, yeah. working with me now. They know things that I don't know because mm -hmm. they just went, got out of school. And so they knew mm -hmm. the, they know the latest and greatest. Yeah, I know yeah. things that have worked for me over the years that I can teach them. And I think just understanding that it's not, it's not arriving. It's more just the work that you're yeah. going through. And that yeah. can build self-confidence if you know that, yeah, I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to learn. I'm going to have to look things up and that's all okay. Yeah. And that's probably kind of part of your entrepreneur journey as yeah. well. I'm guessing. Right. Oh yeah. Of course. Like, even if you think about business, there's so many things that's changed, like with technology, whether it's with marketing, with strategy, with opportunities that a business can, can have and the growth it can have, like everything changes and it changes, as I said, like with the technology, it changes exponentially very fast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it doesn't mean that when you're a business owner, you need to be an expert in every single, I don't know, marketing strategy platform and so on, but you need to stay informed to be able to then collaborate with people who help you, depending on where you are in your business, to make good informed decisions. But when you're in the beginning and you're doing it all, like there is a lot to learn there, right? And then being able to debrief, and take in just the things that you need to help you move to the next stage and not get overwhelmed. That's also important, right? Because as you say, like there's a lot changing. There's a lot of new things, whether in veterinary domain or business domain. So having that kind of growth mindset, right? Like being able to 
always learn, always update. Yeah. It's it's important. Well, and and it, it builds your confidence. Over. Well, right, right. And confidence, mm-hmm. like I like we both just said, is something that you work on. It's not yes. something that you just arrive at. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'll have people ask me, well, how can you be so self-confident? It's like, well, I'm not really. Like I, I can put it on and I can go into mm-hmm. an exam room and be super self-confident. But there's always that little question in your head that, you know, you have those doubts yeah. and you have to just learn to deal with them. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's normal for all of us. And sometimes maybe like the definition, what is self-confidence? It's not not having doubts or not being scared. It's about being able to deal with them and do the things anyways. Right. right? And it's true. Push through and also be believing in in the fact that you have the answers, that you have enough experience, enough knowledge, enough thing to make the next step, right? Mm-hmm. And the next one and the next one. And then having, again, knowing when you need more information as opposed to when you just need to act, right? Right, right. And that, and that brings me to the, it's okay to look for help or ask for help. No, like say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the answers. Yeah. And that's important. So talk to me a little bit about your leadership philosophy. I, I have the philosophy that we're all leaders, no matter where we are in the hierarchy, you know, we're either leaders of our own life or we're leaders in the business. And we have many layers in our veterinary hospitals. Tell me your philosophy of leadership and advice that you have for people trying to become better leaders? Well, it's very similar to yours. I believe we're all leaders as well, because I believe we need to lead ourselves first intentionally to then be able to lead, successfully lead, you know, a business, a team, whatever, because even when we have family, we're leaders, right? So whether we want it or not, we are leaders. And if you're not intentional with that, then you might be setting an example you don't want to set around the people who are around you. When you're intentional about it, then you can intentionally, you know, set an example. So I truly believe we're all leaders. It's not a position. It's not a title. We all are. We start with ourselves, with our lives. And And when you are intentional about it and you grow yourselves in the capacities that you want, so veterinarian, maybe a team leader, a family, you know, a partner, a parent, and all those, when you are intentional about it, then as you grow, then the results you want to create with your life, with your career, with your business, then they grow. Like you get the results you want, right? When you leave it to sort of life happen. I don't have any influence over it. There's nothing I can do. Then the results you get, you shouldn't be complaining about them, right? Like if we just leave it, like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm going for. And I don't take responsibility for it. Then whatever you have happens. You deserve. (laughs) Yeah, deserve. So leading is really about intention, right? About taking responsibility and intention, starting with you, with yourself, and then the rest follows. Yeah. So give me an example of that. Like, let's say, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Let's say that you want, you've always wanted to do something, Mm -hmm. but you've kind of been a little bit afraid. Let's say you're in a veterinary hospital and you're not the leader, like mm-hmm. you have a boss and, mm-hmm. but that's something that you're interested in and you want to learn mm-hmm. about. And someday you want to be a leader or own a hospital or whatever. Like, how do you make that leap from where you're at mm-hmm. and then getting the, it, the information that you need mm-hmm. or leading from that position mm-hmm. to practice? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. So the first thing you want to think, and, you know, I think I did that and that's why, you know, I had the career that I had, even though I didn't have the education in, in facility management and, and there's other things, right? But is first of all, if you truly want to lead and, and take your career to the next level, then start putting yourself, let's say, in your boss's position and even the CEO position, right? Why are they making certain decisions they're making? What are the goals? And starting getting a little bit outside of the box and not just focusing on your what you are here 
to do. And that's great. That's your job. You get paid for it. That's great. But you need to give more value to like, I believe in, and that's an entrepreneurship. We get rewarded for the value we create, not the amount of hours we work or the effort. Right. Right. And when, when you are in a position, how can you get more value? Like the more value you can is by noticing things that maybe need improvement that you, that can be done better and so on. And you can only do that when you start thinking a little bit outside of the box and say, okay, how is my work affecting others? Where does my work fits with the whole process of chain of whatever I do? And where do I see maybe some improvements, right? It doesn't really require a lot more time. It just requires switching the thinking, right? Or where's my boss coming from? Why are they doing this? How can I contribute? And just being engaged, offering your opinions, offering your suggestions, maybe you know, volunteering for certain things. So that's one, because that will automatically show to your leadership team that you do want more, that you are engaged, right. that you're looking for more. And then, of course, you can always have a conversation with your boss saying, yeah, I do want it more. Can you give me some feedback? right? How am I doing? What can I improve? What, where do I need to get in order to be even considered? First of all, that will give you a good feedback, right? On where you are, where there might be, you know, some things you might be work on, and it will inform your manager that you are interested, right? Right. And if you have a good leader that's above you, they will yes. be interested in helping you. Yes. I think, I think the biggest quality of good leaders is trying to build other leaders. Yes. Like, I think that yes. is really a key. So if you're working yes. for somebody that has that kind of mindset, they will yes. definitely, you know, you'll be a little bit intimidated to ask for that help, but I, I think most of them will be glad to bring you, you on board. They will be grateful. And I'm talking again from my own experience. Sure. I always loved to have employees and team, team members that were engaged, that would come to me with the ideas. And I would tell them like, hey guys, you are doing the work, like their position. I don't do that. There's only so much I can see. You're the ones who are seeing everything. You're the ones who can come up with the ideas. Come and let me know, right? And knowing that somebody was interested for more allowed me to to plan better for the, you know, career path and so on. And as you say, good leader will want that because if I want to, let's say, transition and move up in my career, I need to have somebody who will come and replace me and the department or the team still operating well, because I'm not a good leader if I'm leaving and my department falls apart because I left. Right. Okay. And if you want to grow a business or grow even the department, mm-hmm. you have to let go of some of that control. Like the yes. leader can't yes. do everything. So they have yes. to be able to hand off some of the tasks yes. to others. So, exactly. Because yeah. that's that open space for them to take on different things and more. And when you realize that as a leader, that's very freeing, even as a business owner, right? You can't do it all by yourself. It will you will create a ceiling for yourself in terms of growth yeah, and a lot of stress and a lot of unnecessary hours and so on, right? right? You have to be able to see that, you know, business, it's a team effort. It is, it takes yeah. a village, right? And a lot of the stress comes from you trying to hold on to that control always. Yeah. You know, I even, I even think that with clients, you know, we're, we're serving clients mm-hmm. and they want to be in control of their pet a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And they might want to do something differently than I want to do. Like mm-hmm. I want to, might want this dog on a drug, but they want to try CBD oil, let's say for an example. Yeah. And so it's not my job to force them not to do what they want to do. It's my job mm-hmm. to collaborate with them, mm-hmm. tell them why I think that this is a good idea over this, mm-hmm. but then ultimately allow them to be the leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of that sometimes because, because it's that control sometimes mm-hmm. that gets us mm-hmm. burned out and stressed out because we're trying yeah. to control everything in the environment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can see like that mindset is, can, can wear you down, right? Emotionally and then stress. And of course that causes burnt out. That causes yeah. burnt out. Yeah. So as you were just finishing up that last thing you said about, you know, letting go of some of the, of the things you're doing when you are the leader, it kind of reminds me of time management and how do we manage our time? Because, you know, that's a huge thing for all of us. 
especially when we're working full time and we have families. And Mm -hmm. so can we talk a little bit about that time management and then maybe we'll kind of roll into the, the mom thing. Yeah. Yeah. So time management and, you know, there is this thing and I truly believe it. You actually can't manage time. It just passes, right? Like it's an outside circumstance. That's right. We all have it the same. And yet some people can accomplish a lot and not feel stressed and so on. And some people accomplish less and are more stressed, more tired and so on. So it's all about managing ourselves, our focus and intention and so on. So it comes down to, you know, some good habits plus having boundaries and so on. Um, And that's what I learned in the high performance coaching that I took four or five years ago almost. And it's just, it's just been amazing. Like it's just helped me so much in the things that I, in things that I can accomplish and the way how I do it, how I feel about it and so on. But to give some like little tips, it's being really clear on what's most important to you and not, you know, if everything is important, nothing is. So like constraining yourself to two, three things that are most important and really eliminating a lot everything else and saying no to everything else because you know one example for me was when I decided to start my business on the side and then at the same time I decided to update my business skills and I went to do an executive MBA and I was still running my full-time job and having a family I was like well how am I going to do it (laughs) so but then I had those tools that I learned through high performance coaching and and one of it was like what it's really important. Is it important to you to, you know, veggie on the couch for two hours every evening watching Netflix because you're tired and swan? Or is it better to actually maybe go to sleep earlier, right? Rest properly and get up earlier to have an hour or two to learn at school, to learn through school or run a business, you know, before starting your, your main work or before the kids get up. Um, so there is those being super clear and really pruning, just like you need to prune a bush for it to grow properly Uh or like a fruit tree to give good fruits, pruning what you do, how you utilize your time and distilling it to just focusing on the actions that move you forward in those priorities, those three couple few intentional priorities. So that's one. Yeah, then, like of course, prune, prune your to-do list. Yes. Like, yes, that, I love that. Okay, cool. Yes. I like that. I like that verbiage. It's, <laughs> it's a good visual. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, of course, having boundaries, right? Being able to say no, uh, or at least ask questions. So example in my corporate life was I could be sometimes invited to three, four meetings at the same time. And before I would just stress over it, right? I would just like, oh my God, I can't do it. Like, what are they thinking? And I would put everything on me. But then after I realized that I was, no, 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 like I can't be, it's impossible, right? Like I can be only in one meeting. So instead of stressing out about it, but then keeping it, not doing anything, I would just go to those people saying, do you really need me? I have four meetings or going to my boss and saying, okay, how do we divide and conquer? What are we doing? What are we saying no to? And that just became, it wasn't a problem at all, right? Right. And then you have just one meeting on your calendar and you Mm -hmm. don't need to stress about it, right? Yeah. So, So that example or... Another thing, like in your business, again, like if you have a business really constraining, like what are we working on this quarter or this year and so on? And what are the actions and not getting out the rest? Yeah. Clearing out the rest. So that's one. Second one. So those are two, I guess. The third one is really having some good routines for self-care. Like I have a morning routine with a little bit of meditation, a little bit of stretching. So just to fill your cup and ground yourself first thing in the morning. And it doesn't have to be anything um, 
how do you say expansive or long, you know, or sometimes shattering. people it doesn't have to yeah. be an hour's worth of yoga. Or- exactly. Right. <laughs> sometimes people read like miracle morning or things like that. And like, there's like four hours in there today and you're thinking who the hell has time for this? Right. Like, how am I ever going to do this? Right. I got to squeeze this in before the kids get up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like so it's like, I only have 20 minutes. Exactly. So when I started my morning routine, I only had five. And I started with that. I just started with breathing exercises, like deep breathing and then like one meditation a week. And that already helped me. It reduces the stress. It grounds you. It helps you grow, go through the day so much more focused and again, not stressed out and so on. So highly recommend, even if it's literally two minutes of deep breathing before right. you start your day. Right? Anything. Mm-hmm. And then planning. That's the last key one, you know, of course there's more, but like their key one, not going into your day, not knowing what you're going to do, why and so on, not working off never ending to-do list, but planning ahead. Because again, when you go into your day, when your brain knows what you're going to do, it calms it down. Again, it's another level of stress reduction when you go into your week and you know, okay, this is what I'm doing Monday. This is what I'm doing Tuesday, Wednesday. And it doesn't mean that you can't change it as things happen, but it's so much easier to do it. And when you do plan ahead and you set aside like 30 minutes or whatever to do it, you allow your brain to plan ahead certain things, to predict certain things. So you're avoiding a lot of fires and so on. When I implemented that weekly planning habit, even again in my corporate, it started in my corporate world, but I took it with me to my business. I teach that to my clients now. It was, again, another level of game changing on how much I could do it, how good I felt, and how much better I could handle you know, life happening and things that weren't planned for. And trust me, in facility management, it's constant all the time things happen that you haven't planned for and so on. And yet I was so much better equipped to handle those. Yeah. I like, I love that because you can also apply that exact same philosophy to being a mom and being at home. Mm -hmm. Cause I have so many of my vets say, well, I'm at work all day and it's super demanding. And then I get home and my kids just overwhelm me and my house is Mm -hmm. a mess. And like, I have all these thoughts of, you know, what needs to be done. And so then I don't do anything because then I'm exhausted. Yeah. And so I like what you said is like, have your to-do list or plan in the morning, but then prune it. So Mm -hmm. like really all I need to get done today is these two things. Mm -hmm. It's so much less overwhelming to your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I get it. Like being a mom is taxing and, but, and can be overwhelming, especially when you have a full-time professional life however that looks like but it's also that about sometimes letting go right like when I started having kids yeah like when we have without kids we can have house that's like perfect and there's (laughs) There's nothing on the floor all the time and it looks great I just let some of those things go I'm like toys for days on end who cares you know right they don't need to be perfectly arranged and so on like the kids can help yep from time to time I'll get them to clean up and so on so you know they learn certain things and so on but who cares right laundry in the basket for a week who cares you know it's not a priority it's not a priority right is it is it really worth for me to stress over about or be super tired or can I arrange my week or plan for it? So like, okay, Saturday is a laundry day for me, right? Or right. like cooking. Like I don't cook during the week. I love cooking. Don't get me wrong. Like I love cooking. It's so creative, but not when I'm stressed out and rushed to get a dinner. So I cook on the weekend and then we eat it for most of the days. And then yeah. Thursdays, whatever, food, day. order out. That's right. That's right. Right. So like kids won't die if they eat junk food once a week or if you order pizza once a week, your kids will be perfectly fine. Yeah. I did that a lot when my kids were growing up because I don't even like to cook, but I would try, I'd try to cook Mm -hmm. here and there, like on the weekends and stock up. But there were days when I'd pick them up from daycare or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, how, how do you guys feel about pizza tonight? You know, and kids love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so then yeah. you get that off your plate. There's no dishes. You're a hero. The kids are happy, like, and not having exactly. that mom guilt, you yeah. know, like, oh, I fed my kids pizza. I, I yeah. it's okay. Like they'll survive. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza, it's not the end of the world. There's worse things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just went through this exercise with my daughter the other day. So it's ironic that we're talking about it, but she was really stressed out because she was getting ready. She, she works out of town. So she mm -hmm. has to do a lot to prepare mm -hmm. and she had all these things on her plate and she was kind of freaked. So, and I texted her and said, how are you? She goes, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so freaked out. I got to get all this done by Sunday because I'm leaving. And so I just said, do you want to talk through it with me so I can help you like organize it? And she's like, yeah, that would be great. So we got on the phone and I just said, tell me everything that you're thinking mm -hmm. that you need to get done. And so as she like unloaded all of the, you know, mm -hmm. I got to do this and I got to scoop the litter box and I got to vacuum before I leave and I got to do laundry and I got to go shopping and I got to pack and like all her stuff. And I have all these videos to do. And so I wrote them all down and then I was like, okay, tell me what's the most important on this list mm -hmm. that you have to get done. Like, mm -hmm. This is the one thing that you have to get done before you leave. And she told me what it was. And I said, okay, how long is that going to take? When can you do it? Like, can mm -hmm. we do it today? And mm -hmm. like, we just went through all of the prioritizing and pruning that you're mm -hmm. talking about. And then we, we decided, okay, these are the top things I need to do mm -hmm. today, tomorrow, and the next day before I leave. Mm -hmm. And then maybe mm -hmm. some of the other things can wait. Like my dog needs to go get her nails trimmed. I'm like, well, can you ask your husband to do that? Can he take the dog to get her nails trimmed? Can he scoop the litter box? Yeah. Do the laundry? Like, is there stuff you can unload on your spouse? Yeah. yeah. And then is there stuff that doesn't like, does it, do you really need to vacuum before you leave? Your husband's staying home. Yeah. He can vacuum. Like he can live with the dog hair or vacuum. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So we just kind of went through all of that. And I think when you're thinking about time management, if you can just do that and prioritize mm -hmm. prune your to-do list, like you said, and then decide how long things are going to take and then just start doing them. Yeah. You're going to have a lot less of that stress and overwhelm. Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. you're so right. And when you like think about how long they're going to take and when you do them, that's when your brain calms down because it can see, oh yeah, I can do this. Right. Rather than running. Yeah. Thoughts yeah. and circles. Oh my God, there's so much. When am I going to do it? When am I going to do yeah. it? When you show your brain, when you're going to do it and that it fits and it's all fine like your level of stress drops significantly. Yeah. Cause it was something as simple as, well, I have to send an email to somebody to schedule a yeah. piano session or whatever she told me. And I said, well, how long will that take to send that email? And she said, oh, five minutes. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, can you do that? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And so it was like, boom, it done. Okay. That's off the list. You yeah. know? So, so just kind of getting a handle on you know, like scooping the letterbox sounds like an overwhelming thing, but it's going to take you five minutes. Mm -hmm. So if it's really important, then put it at the top of the list and do it. Mm -hmm. Like if it's super filthy or if it's not so great, if it's not so bad and I don't have time today, put it on your list tomorrow. Like it, yeah. it's not, it's not worth getting upset about and overwhelmed. Yeah. by. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I love that pruning. Like that's a great, <laughs> like I haven't heard that word. I love that word. Because you can think of it as just snipping things off the list that you don't need to do today. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and when you think about it, like when you, you know, I'm not a big gardener, but I love to watch, you know, gardens things grow, grow. Yeah. and so on. <laughs> so when you think about it, like actually trees require it, especially a fruit trees in order to produce beautiful fruits. If you let them grow, the fruits will become like very small and unedible and so on. And that's so true in our life as well. If we want to have a life, me meaningful life and success in business and career, you have to prune because right. it's like, you know, it's really like our house, right? When you move into an empty house, you don't have anything. And then as you live and you have kids and so on, it's just like clatters. And you're like, where did I accumulate all these things? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the same in our brain and with our time and so on. So we, we truly need to be intentional about padding things up. Yeah. So do you have any tips for people that are mothers? Like my kids are grown now, so mm -hmm. I don't have that unless they call me and I, and I get on the phone with them or I'm visiting with them, I don't have that stress of the day to day with kids, but I definitely lived it. Like I, mm -hmm. I owned a business, I ran a business, I worked full time mm -hmm. and I raised two kids. 
And so I remember being super overwhelmed and, and I was a, one of those people that like got involved in everything too at their schools. And so I had all that. Tell me about your process. Cause you have four kids right now. Yeah. And yeah. you're running a business. Like yes. tell me how you balance that. And, you know, maybe some people out there that are trying to balance that will get some ideas from you. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say like my two-step boys, they're not with us all the time. So yes, you know, I have four, but not four to, to take care of all the but time. That's another thing, right? Blended families are another whole level. Yeah. You know? yeah. I know so, people with blended families and it's like, that's not easy either. That's, that's different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Um, so, you know, again, now they're older, but they were younger. It was definitely different. Um, so definitely pruning and letting go of, yeah, the toys, you know, a room is a mess. Who cares? Close the door. You didn't know. make their bed. Okay, <laughs> Take a deep breath and so on, right? So like doing that and organizing yourself in terms of cooking and so on. You don't need to cook a fresh meal every day. If you, right. and I, you know, as I said, I like cook. I, I like to cook. I do care about my kids eating healthy, but I can do that on the weekend, cook a little bit more. We can eat and then have some quick fixes for you know, Friday or Thursday pizza right. from time to time, it's not a big deal, right? They're right. not going to die or anything and they'll love you for it. So from time to time, it's like that 80, 20 rule, right? 80% healthy and so on. And then 20%, like just pleasure and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Here's like some ballad. food. Yeah. And, you know, when you're, you know, of course, I'm super lucky and grateful to have an amazing husband that helps, right? So having good communication, when, if you have a partner with your partner and sharing certain responsibilities, not expecting them to do, but just having good conversations about, okay, what are we doing? Whether you have like stable duties, whether it changes from week to week, you know, it doesn't matter who does what, but maybe some dropping of to dance or swimming and so on, like things can be shared, right? So doing it from really good friendship and partnership rather than, you know, expectation and just being stressed and fighting over it, that's like- Yeah, or thinking, a big hangup I think we do, we get into is thinking that it's all on us mm -hmm. and then having that story in our brain, mm -hmm. like that exactly yes. what my daughter did. I got to take the dog to the vet. I got to yeah. the litter box. I got to vacuum yeah. the house. Like it's all on me. Yeah. But then not asking yeah. for the support. You know, like yeah. I know my husband doesn't think about things to do around the house. Yeah. So I, if I get in my head and say, well, he never does anything and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then if I can say, oh, would you mind, you know, do you think you could have time this week to vacuum or yeah. do you think you might have time yeah. to wash the windows or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. usually he's perfectly willing to do it if yeah. I ask. So yeah. I think just getting out of that story in your head yeah. that they should just automatically know what you need yeah. or automatically do things around the house that you think of doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're a single mom, I was raised by, by a single mom, um, then letting go maybe even of more things, right? And depending, of course, on your career and so on, maybe you can't afford to have a cleaning lady to come and you don't need to clean, right? Like sometimes we think we can do those things and yet we go out and maybe spend on Starbucks or on restaurants way more than having help like every other week, right? Like for me, I'd rather not go to, if I had to choose, I'd rather not go out and have that help because it's so much like it's, it saves so much time and it allows me, you know, a lot of stress and so on. And I was talking, it's funny because I was talking to my client the other day and she finally sort of like, you know, with her husband decided to have some help and cleaning lady. And she was like, I didn't even realize how much I was sometimes stressing out on a Friday about and how much brain power and energy it was taking me to be stressing out about the fact that I had to clean on Saturday and yeah. the fights that I had with my husband and the expectations so on so right. like just even that it was worth yeah. to pay somebody so if you are in that position why not you know again we can manage our money in different ways um so so that but if not then that's okay again letting it go the house probably doesn't have to be cleaned every day or every other day right or planning certain meals and, and those like that
Yeah. Or getting, I mean, even getting your kids involved on some level. Yes. I, mean, I know when I was a working mom, I used to have to oh, work on sure. Saturdays, but my kids were home and my husband was home. So when I went to work, I would leave a list and I'd be like, okay, yeah. here's all the things I want yeah. done by the time I get home. And then once this list is done, when I get home, we can go do something fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wanted to be with the kids and do mm -hmm. something fun when I got home from work. So I would just leave a list and, and it caused fights and it didn't always get done. And, but, you know, just the fact that they had some responsibility and yeah. I, you know, I got yeah. the beds made once a week, you know, on yeah. Saturday, maybe yeah. I didn't get them done during the week or I got the vacuuming done or, or they did it not so great, but at least they tried and, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it taught them some responsibility, but it also took a lot of, off of me Yeah, because yeah. I could say, okay, I want the living room vacuumed. I want the litter boxes scooped. Mm -hmm. I want dusting done in the music room or whatever. I would just leave them a list. Here's what yeah. I want done. Yeah. And then they would fight to get the easiest jobs, you know, and they'd write their name next to the easiest ones or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but just that kind of, you know, yeah. allowing the family to be involved in that, taking yeah. that stress off of you. Yeah. And then just being like, okay, I get home and maybe the vacuuming isn't done like I would do it, but it got done. So yeah. now I have to just be okay with it. Yeah. yeah not and I agree my kids or whatever. I agree with that. Of course, when there are two, you can do it. But as soon as like, you know, as soon as they can, I, I tell always my kids, I'm like, guys, as you grow, you're allowed to do more things. So you have more privileges, but with that come more responsibilities. Like we right. all need to contribute to the family and then it teaches them skills. Like I can't imagine my child being 20 and not being able to live on their own because everything was done for them always. And they don't right. even know how to empty and fill in the dishwasher. Right. Or right. how to, I don't know, cook like basic scramble eggs for themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It also teaches them a life skill that will serve them. Yes. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids are both really good cooks and it's mostly because I wasn't. <laughs> so by necessity, they had to figure it out. So, you know, that's, that's okay too. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to talk about on this podcast? Anything that, you know, pearls of wisdom that you've learned either from going from overwhelmed to being an entrepreneur or being a mom, like anything that we're, that I haven't asked you? I guess um, the one thing that is just to sum up, I just want to say that no matter how overwhelmed you fear, there always, there's always a solution. There's always a way out and you have the power to do it, right? And if things are too big, just bring things back to basics. Where is the most important things? And what is the simplest, easiest first step I can take towards solving whatever is causing overwhelm? Uh, when we focus on things we can't control, when we focus on things that are outside of our influence, that's what causes a lot of anxiety and stress and feeling hopelessness. But when we start focusing, okay, well, the situation, it is what it is, right? What can I do? And, and what is the simplest thing, right? Like distill it back to really basics and you can, this way you can solve any problem, small ones and big ones. Right. And I would add to that, ask for help. Yeah. Like there's people like us out there that coach. Yeah. There's yeah. friends that will help you. Yeah. You know, like my daughter was overwhelmed and she talked to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though I am a coach, even just as her mom, I could help her kind of think through where yeah. her brain was at because she was yeah. so overwhelmed. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, let's boil this down to what's important. And you've mm -hmm. got three days, you'll get it done. You know, kind of yeah. just, just having somebody that can listen to you, pour out that overwhelm and then see the mm -hmm. logic behind it. Agreed. Yeah. It's so much that. easier, more fun, and so much faster when you ask for help, for sure. It really is. Yeah. So is there any like quotes that you really love or books that you've read that you would recommend people read or like anything that you can mm -hmm. put out there as we wrap this up for someone? So, you know, there are quotes, there's so many, that's probably, <laughs> you know, I put people on the spot when I do this. Cause when I do my podcast, I, I a lot of times look up quotes cause I just love quotes. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. If you don't have one at, at your ready, that's fine. 
uh, you know what? Like I can share one. I will share a book that's like one of my favorite and it's a okay. classic. So maybe a lot of people know it, but, but the quote that I shared with my audience today is don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Oh, I love that. Right, because that from? Me, I, it's from Jim Ron. Okay. I so, like, I like, I like, yeah. Him. And, and the context of it is again, we go through failure and being successful in your business and life it's not necessarily easy it's simple but it's not easy so focusing on what you control and growing yourself so leading yourself actually expands your capacity not only to solve the problems and so on but also to accept you know the abundance that can come your way so so that's sort of the quote from today yes open to it all and the book that I highly recommend to anybody always, my all-time favorite classic is Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Cobb. If you haven't read it. That's a good book, yeah. Such an amazing book. If you haven't yeah. read it, highly recommend. If you've read it, reading it again. I've read it so many times. I will probably read it <laughs> so many times. Uh-huh. Just yeah, it's again, been a while since I've read it, so I should probably go back and read it again. But it is an excellent book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. love that. So can you share with me and the audience where they can find you if they want to learn more about you or what you do? Um, If they have questions for us, I would encourage them to email me or contact you. You know, maybe we'll do this again. We can come up with some more great information. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess main two spots is my website, stairwaytoleadership.com. It's one Words, way to leadership. Okay. leadership.com Or um, I have a podcast where I teach more business and you know more business concept, but also like high performance concepts, and it's called Diamond Effect. So any platform you're on, um Diamond Effect. And then I'm probably or like on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn under my name. Yeah, if they button. if they look you up, they'll find yeah. you. Yeah. And like I said, if if you have a specific question, email me and I'll get it to Maggie and I'm sure she'll be happy to answer it. Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, this has been so fun. I've loved this. This has been a great podcast. It went by fast. It seems it like went, it, we've indeed, been doing an did. hour. Yeah. And it flew by. <laughs> like I, I've got a million other questions I could ask you. So maybe um at some point if we want to, we can get together again and do more. Yeah. This, for sure. You're very easy to listen to and you've got some great advice. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I will be happy to do it again, for sure. All right. It's been so much fun. I hope all of you out there are going to get something from this and take some of this advice. If if it's only pruning your to-do list, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite thing that you said. So um, have a beautiful week, everyone. And if you need anything, please reach out. We're both here for you. Thank you so thank much, you. Maggie. Thank you, Julie, for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.